0: It's a paradox, right? Because many of us, we can acknowledge that there are parts of our inner child that is wounded, but the more healing that we do, the more that we realize that, yes, there were layers on top of that child that we needed to move through. But once we pulled those layers back, we started to realize, oh, there's a, there's a divine child that came into this incarnation, complete, worthy, powerful, abundant, full of unconditional love already. Right? So the more inner child work that we do, we come back to this truth, right? And we can decide, like I said, with the archetypes, we can decide to embody that at any given moment throughout our day. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Harrison. Welcome, beautiful beings, back to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna. You've found yourself on your weekly installment of your beautiful, loving inner connection to your outer expression, where I, your host, Harrison, here with the lovely guest that I'm joined with today, set the loving intention of pulling back the layers, restricting health, alignment, and love. And today is an extra bonus episode, a new idea, a new project, new theme, framework of the show that I'm testing out today with the intention of giving you as much value and as much guidance as possible. Today, what I've done is I've brought on a lovely member of the community of the show to go deeper into all things, a particular topic, which I'll get to in a sec. But the idea is this is a community coaching episode. So the the beautiful being that I get to have a chat with today is from the tribe of the podcast, tuning in, listening in. She's on her own journey I'm going to tune into the themes of the inner child today and the beautiful Jennifer is going to share her story here in a second, but she has some questions on her heart that I'm going to answer to give her some beautiful value, but also to give you the listener, you the audience, you the tribe, some deeper awareness and deeper solutions around this inner child topic. So with that, Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you for doing this. And uh, how are you feeling, my friend?
1: Thank you uh, for having me. I'm feeling um excited to be here because you know that I love this conversation and especially having it with you because you offer so much wisdom and insight and you've helped me on my journey um a lot. So I'm very grateful to be here.
0: Well, Jennifer, let's let's get straight into it. Let's let's give a quick overview of that journey just for people listening, because you know I'm very intentional with who I pick to do the to do this episode with and 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 connect with and collaborate with. And you, you know, you've been on this inner child journey to a degree, to say it very nicely, right, for a for a while now. So maybe give a quick overview of where you're at in your journey, then we'll jump into the questions.
1: Mm. I think where I'm at in my journey is a, a very good place because starting out there were so much things so much, so many things for me to learn that I just didn't understand, um, which you've helped me through, but where I'm at right now is a very peaceful place. I'm very confident in who I am. Um, I'm starting to use my voice more and more about my spirituality and what I believe. And, um, so I think that, um, the healing is definitely taking place and it's also taking place within my family, not just me.
0: That's a big part, right? and i'm yes, sure we'll, i'm huge. sure we'll talk i'm sure we'll talk about that but let me let me ask you one more question here and then we'll get into all the things that are on your heart explain to the people if you're if you're comfortable with it you know what were some of the you know the main challenges and pains that you had to move through with the inner child right so for example i know there were some religious elements what what were some of the main sort of components of the inner child healing that you had to move through
1: um definitely religion is what I'm discovering the biggest one because I lived the majority of my life in fear of just about everything um so definitely religion um some neglect, um uh, some you know there was a lot of addiction and abuse in the family, and then there was some sexual um abuse as well.
0: Thank you, my friend, for answering honestly. so this is for people listening, I'm sure you can relate to Jennifer, right? I know I can right I know that. This is why the inner child topic we're talking about today, in my opinion, is so needed, right? Because inner child is both the root of the challenges, right? Most of those things that Jennifer just highlighted happened in her childhood, and it's also the solution, right? It's also the healing solution. So Jennifer, let's get into it today. Let's get into the questions you have on your heart. So what's what's first, first on your list?
1: First on your list, on my list, sorry, is... Um... You know, for somebody that's like me, who didn't realize that they were growing up in a family where there was neglect and abuse, and they didn't realize that they had inner child issues and, 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 you know, until they started manifesting later in their life. um, How does one know, like, what are some of the signs that somebody could look for to help them understand that they need to do some work with their inner child?
0: Mm. So I've shared this with you and I'll share this with all of the beautiful listeners. This is probably within the top three questions that I get all the time when it comes to this component of our healing journey. And it's a good one, right? And we must all ask it. And I was actually talking to my dad about this last night. The, the first, there's a few areas, right? There's a first, there's three areas that we can look at in our life to see if we need this kind of healing, right? And I'll just say this at first. statistically you know, fortunately, unfortunately, most of us have this kind of work to do, right? Just because of the world we live in at the moment, just because of the families, the, you know, the cycle of trauma loops in the ancestral line, just, you know, I'll say that first, statistically, there's a high chance that it exists, right? That's not to overwhelm you. That's just to realize that, okay, this is the, this may be the next step I need. But if you want to move beyond that, there are three areas you can look at, right? The first is your adult relationships, right? Are you happy? with your adult relationships are they functional are they positive are they are they giving you the relationships you deserve right because if the if they aren't if there is dysfunction if there's tension if you're constantly being triggered and 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 things are coming up around your adult relationships this would be a sign that the inner child and that and that past that you've had needs some attention the second is your relationship with abundance with money with finances with business with you know, bringing in the abundance that you are, right? Because let me be very clear with you, Jennifer, I've shared this with you before and the people listening, you are made of pure abundance and potential. If that is not manifesting in your life, there is something in the way. And most likely that thing in the way is an inner child challenge. The last area that you can look at for really seeing if this kind of work is for you is your physical body right? The body keeps score. The body tells the story of your life. And if you are moving through a chronic dis-ease, a chronic challenge that despite all of the pharmaceuticals, all of the modalities, all of the sort of somatic physical tools that you've used, it continues to move through you. Then this is a sign that, you know, child work is needed. Yeah. And I think I have that, all of those. <laughs> does that resonate?
1: <laughs> yeah, all of them resonate. Yeah.
0: And, and yeah. you know, just before I get to your next question, that's that's exciting, right? I want people, I don't want people to see that as, oh, God, I'm just a victim of this. No, that means you're now at the point where, okay, let's step into it. Let's do something about it, right? And that's what you did, Jennifer. That's what you did that. And you, that's, now I'll just share this with you because I love you so much. That is why you got so much results, right? Because yeah. you were ready to alchemize all of the pain that was coming up into healing, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that leads me right into my next question, which is, as you know, reservations, Um, you know, being scared of once you realize, uh, okay, I need to do some work with my inner child. It's scary not knowing what's on the other side, not, not what, not knowing what to expect. Um, So what would you say to somebody who's wondering, you know, what's going to happen? What am I going to be doing? What, what should they expect?
0: Mm So there's a lot to this question, but I'll try and keep it <laughs> concise. The, the first thing I would say is that you're completely normal, right? As, as a coach in general, as a mentor, as someone who supports people daily, and as someone who's a human himself, right? This is, if you were not, if there was no fear, if there was no uh, attention around the unknown, then I would say there's something wrong right? Because we want that to be there, right? That means that that we're stepping into something new. That means we're stepping into something that's valuable to us, right? So the first thing is to embrace, right? Is to embrace the fear, right? As, as within this kind of healing work, and we might speak more about it today, the, the hardest, the the biggest part of this kind of healing is surrendering into the tension, surrendering into the fear, surrendering into the resistance, because 99% of the time when we surrender into it, we realize one, it wasn't as bad as we expected. And two, there's usually a treasure within that fear within that tension that we need to see. So it's really acknowledging that. Right. And then the second piece in terms of what we, uh, what we, what we can expect and what we need to do to move through this is we need to understand that support is needed, okay. And what I mean by this is, I I don't want to say that all this kind of work you can't do by yourself because a big part of it is, you know, taking these tools and implementing them. But for most people, and I know you experience this, my friend. Most people are so stressed out, are in such a flight or fight st- state, are in such a. I just finished a beautiful book. Called uh, narrowing your window, right? And what this means is, based off childhood trauma, we our nervous system is in such a sensitive state, right? So we could do anything, and we're going to react. We're going to we're going to go into a, a into a reactionary state where we can't see the answers that are needed. So what I'm getting at here is this is why we must remember and realize that while we are a spiritual being. We are also a beautiful human being and this human being has evolved for thousands of years in what way? We've evolved in tribes. We've evolved in communities that were there to support each other. So the, the second part of this question in terms of what to expect and what we must do, we must let ourselves be helped, right? Because if we don't let ourselves be helped, we will constantly stay in this stressed out state and we won't feel safe enough in our body to feel the things that need to be felt and see the things that need to be seen.
1: Yeah. Oh, I I just have to comment on that because coming into this trust was a huge issue for me. And it's not that I didn't trust you. It was just trust in general, because growing up in religion, you know, when I would question anything as a child, um, I would be told, well, um, you know, there's some things God just doesn't want us to understand. And so throughout my life that what that told me was that I can't trust what anyone says because there's no clear answer And uh, once I started doing this work, I found it so easy just to um, express my true spirituality. And um, like you said, when we first started working together, you know, don't release all expectations and be open. And I did. I I was like, I'm going to trust this whole process. And I did that. And I am reaping the beautiful benefits of it right now because I feel so free. I've never in my life felt this free. And I mean, it's just a beautiful thing,:
0: Yeah, and Jennifer, I just I know you know this, but for people listening, what you tapped into there was your power, right? Remember what I said before about abundance being one of the reflections of this work that's needed. when we money or a a job or you know, material things are just one form of abundance right? Another form of abundance is really tapping back into the power that we are, right? So you feeling this and you feeling this connection to your truth, that is you tapping into your abundant potential, right? And inner child healing work, just for everyone listening, is one of the pathways for us to acknowledge this and remember this, right? So yeah. i proud of you, my friend. What's your, what's your next question?
1: My next question is, um, you know like what is your inner child for somebody who has a hard time connecting and views their inner child as a separate person than themselves can you explain that
0: <laughs> so like i said before there's a top 3 questions i usually get around this and this is one of the other top 3 questions so i'm going to i'm going to answer this like i always do from two lenses i'm going to answer it from a mental psychoanalytical psychological view and i'm gonna and then answer it from a spiritual lens because i i feel both are valid and both are a way for beginners to really set a foundation for doing this kind of work so the psychoanalytical psychological view is that the inner child through the the lens of jung right is an archetype right an archetype is defined as the is the root language of consciousness or how consciousness that is us right we are consciousness in human form is expressing itself through us at any given moment right so an archetype the inner child is one of many archetypes that we have right so we have an inner mother we have an inner father we have the teacher we have the student we have the wise woman we have the wise man we have you know the the many many different ones that we step into either consciously or unconsciously throughout our lives and with archetypes we must ask the question We must constantly be questioning ourselves, right? Is this archetype that I'm in right now, is it serving me or have I stayed in it too long and it's causing tension in my external reality? Okay. So that is really what the inner child is. And it's just one of the most famous archetypes that we can learn to embody and heal ourselves or see where something is needed and something is not. Okay. That's the spirit mental view. Okay. And that can help a lot of the, the mental structures. The more profound view of the inner child, which I've found has helped me a lot, and I know has helped you a lot, my friend, is the spiritual lens of the inner child. And the spiritual lens of the inner child is that the inner child is a fragment and a is a channel for our divine being. is a is an aspect of our soul. is an aspect of the powerful spiritual being that we are. Right? Again, I think it's Freud or Jung refers to the inner child as The divine child or the divine inner child. And that's basically what it is, right? It's it's a paradox, right? Because many of us, we can acknowledge that there are parts of our inner child that is wounded. But the more healing that we do, and you've come to this conclusion, my friend, the more healing that we do, the more that we realize that yes, there were layers on top of that child that we needed to move through. But once we pulled those layers back, we started to realize, oh, there's a there's a divine child that came into this incarnation, complete, worthy, powerful, abundant, full of unconditional love already, right? So the more inner child work that we do, we come back to this truth, right? And we can decide, like I said, with the archetypes, we can decide to embody that at any given moment throughout our day.
1: Yes, I have found that uh, going into my next question, I have found that just letting things come as they come And handling them that way is a lot more uh, gentle with ourselves and easier to heal and process than going and looking for things. And so you probably know where I'm going with my next question.
0: Yes, I can feel it.
1: Which is if you don't remember, uh, you know that you've had some things occur in your childhood, but you can't remember them all. So where do you start if you're having trouble with your memory of those events?
0: So. I want to touch on that that piece of going looking, right? And feeling like we need to do all of the things. And I've fallen into this. So this is another archetype, actually. This is another, a, it this flows beautifully. I love your questions today, my friend. This this flows beautifully into another archetype. When, once we start to heal, whether it's in a child or any of the other healing modalities I talk about, we obviously start to feel empowered. But then the energy starts to become unbalanced on the other side of things it starts to we move into the archetype of the superhero right not the superhero saving others superhero in saving ourselves right and we feel like we must do all the things all the time and if we're not doing all the things all the time we're not healing and or we're not progressing further down our path and this could not be further from the truth like you just highlighted my friend is the only thing we ever need to be doing is the thing that is needed right now in this moment, right? The thing that's coming up, right? So if I've walked into, if I've walked into a room with my dad, for example, and my dad is making me angry and there's some anger coming up, I don't need to worry about, you know, what is the origins of that? I don't need to worry about the other emotions that might be behind the anger. No, I just need to focus in on the anger that I'm feeling in my body in that moment. Okay. So that's, That's a part of your answer to your question. The second piece in terms of not remembering that this, I want to make this very clear for people tuning in. This is such a common and in most cases, a protection mechanism that our beautiful body uh, implements to actually help us from re-traumatizing ourselves in many ways, right? Based off what you've experienced in your childhood, like you talked about the sexual elements, my friend, most of us have... Unfortunately, we've experienced both a small T trauma, which is certain needs not being met that we deserve to have, and also the big T trauma, which would be you know sexual abuse, rape, assault, ac- severe accidents, right? all these sort of things. So the memory disassociation is actually a protection me- mechanism to stop us from re-traumatizing ourselves. So we must trust that. We must trust that and realize that, we are only ever given what we are ready for. So trusting that when I get to the point where I have the tools to deal with that challenge, then that is when the memory will come back. That is when the event and the experiences and the things I'll need to move through will come up for me to see. Until then, I'm only ever wasting energy, worrying, thinking about why is it not happening? Why is it not there? And, and getting lost in the what ifs.
1: Yeah. I love the way you put that because sometimes we do get triggered by something and we're not exactly sure what. Um, and so I love the way you put that. That's beautiful. Uh, just, you know, acknowledging that we don't have the tools to face that yet.
0: So, And, and just another piece on that, Jennifer, this is why we seek support. <laughs> this is why that you know, we don't know what we don't know. And, But what we can do is we can open our hearts and notice where we feel good, right? So for you I'll just share your part of this, Jennifer. I know that one of the main reasons you reached out to me was because, you know, you really felt something in the spaces we held together, right? You really felt, you know, emotions and things come up that were not coming up in other spaces and places, right? This is something we all can learn to do, right? We can all learn to trust our heart and notice where something feels good without knowing all the answers, right? Because that is also a trap that we fall into, right? We we might feel good around someone, but then our mind will come in and say, oh, but I don't have the money or I don't, you know, I don't know if that person's right for me. I don't know. know, we need to learn to trust the heart and then realize that, and this is one of my favorite Rumi quotes that you'll probably love, my friend, is the way appears once we start walking it, oh, right. I, so, do. I love that, yeah, Right. so that way, we find that way by following our heart,
1: yeah, it's like so many of my friends, they always say, "Oh, I want to try yoga, but I'm not flexible, and I'm like, you don't do yoga because you're flexible, <laughs> you practice yoga to become flexible, exactly <laughs> so exactly. yeah, same thing, um that is a beautiful Rumi quote um one of the other things I wanted to talk about um today is the ancestral part because that's the part that I'm experiencing right now and I mean I didn't expect that I always heard you talk about it before in your rooms on clubhouse it's one of the things that I didn't quite understand and even when we were in when we were doing the coaching and we were in the container and we were constantly in communication and stuff I was starting to understand it but not fully yet some things I is a little bit slower for me and now I'm just seeing it It's just happening, and I'm not even trying to do anything. I'm just healing myself, and I'm seeing all of my family members start to heal as well. And it's blowing my mind. And we have this beautiful harmony now in my family. Mm. It's beautiful.
0: Mm. So, you want me to break down? Oh, just comment on it, my friend. You want to? Yes. So, I'm so excited for you. Just so you know, and I've shared this with you before, but it's this is really. You know, in the work that I do, these these two pieces are just, you know, the core components, right? The inner child and the ancestral healing. And it's because it's so impactful. Like you're saying, right? This is not a Jennifer thing. This is something that we can all access. And I'll explain what it is just for people tuning in. I would highly encourage you if this chat is resonating and you're new to the show or you're new to my voice. I've done episodes on this, right? I've done episodes... Both on the inner child and ancestral healing. So go back and listen to those solo sorts, but I'll give a summary right of this, of these, how the inner child connects to ancestral healing and really what's going on here. So the first thing that comes up is in our childhood, if if we have experienced some kind of abuse that has involved our caregivers, either with the small T or the big T trauma, one of the biggest elements to lean into and to help with our healing is obviously forgiveness forgiveness for them but how do we do that well one of the ways we start to remember is that hurt people hurt people right and if if my mom or my dad abandoned me or created a rejection wound then we can ask the question what is the chance that they are creating or activating that wound inside of me because it's also inside of them right it's also inside of them within their upbringing right so just that realization alone for a lot of people within the inner child healing can help us forgive, right? Can help us let go, right? Because most of us are are holding a lot of resentment and anger and and a lot of emotions towards our caregivers. And I'm right there with you if you are, but it's understanding that the pain that you're experiencing from your caregivers, it's passed down the ancestral line, right? And that's why I was going back to the start of the conversation that I feel this kind of work is so needed right now because it's, it's it's stacked up, right? It's it's been stacking up for a while, and now we're all reaching a boiling point where we realize it's time to do the work. So that's the first sort of connection here, right? The second connection is, I'll explain this from a spiritual lens and a physiological lens, right? We any person that's sort of listening to the show or is in the health and wellness realm. You've you've probably heard the word of you know genetic, genetic disposition and epigenetic disposition, right? This is really what is passed on. We don't just pass on, you know, physical traits, right? We also pass on energetic, emotional, and mental traits. So if my mom has experienced an inner child wound of rejection and she has left that unhealed for whatever reason, right, that is passed on to the children, right? So exactly what I just said before. And based off my life choices in my upbringing, in, in my adulthood, I will switch on that epigenetic switch of that mental and emotional trait. Okay, so just just speaking really scientific from that lens, that's how that works. But it also is passed on through our our subtle energy bodies, right? We have a physical energy body that people can relate to, but we also have many others, including mental, emotional, and a soul body. These are also what hold these energetic blueprints or these energetic pains and traumas that are passed down to me, okay? So without going too deeply into a class around that, that is really the mechanism, right, of how they're passed on. So with that understanding, going back to what you said, Jennifer, we can now realize that, yes, I can engage actively with my parents, right? I can sit down with them and we can. I can sit down with my mom in a room And we can both do an inner child letter together and we can embody our little inner children and we can express and cry and feel and do all the things. And that is how both my mom and myself, we heal together actively. However, as Jennifer just explained at the start here, you can also do this passively, right? Meaning that the more that you focus on you, your self-love, your self-care, your self-inner child healing work that also heals her, right? And this is why self-love is never selfish because even in your inner child healing work that you're doing by yourself, because of that epigenetic, genetic connection and that subtle energy body connection, when I heal my rejection wound with my inner child, now I'm healing down the ancestral line energetically forwards and backwards with that same wound, right? So as Jennifer said, I will now see that change reflected in my mother, even if I never talked to her about it, even if she's not unaware of the work that I'm doing, it will impact her down that genetic line, right? And the last thing I'll say here, I'll pass it back to you, my friend, is this also obviously occurs with our children, but not just the children we're yet to have, the children that we currently have, Yeah. right? The children that we currently have that also are connected through that link, right? So yeah, I'll land it there, but this is really what's going on.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just incredible. It honestly is. And everything that you just said remind me of the activation where I saw my mother spiritually for the first time and we were around the same age. And it was like, I could see all of a sudden that we were the same. And it's like this
0: And Jennifer, sorry to interrupt you, but what was she, what was the form that she took as the inner child? Was it a hurt, wounded one, or was it something else?
1: No, she wasn't hurt or wounded at all. She was very strong. And it's like, she was standing in front of me saying we, it was like, she was just saying that you are me, I am you, this is us. And it's like, it was just so loud and clear to me. And this pain and uh, rejection and these stories that I had created in my life that my mother didn't love me and all these things, they were just gone. It's like, I couldn't see anything else, but that we were the same and that what I experienced growing up as a child, she too experienced growing up in a child. And it's, we became one. And from that moment on, it's just, it's gone. It was that simple. It was just acknowledging that what everything that you just explained, that it's, it's built upon, built upon, built upon. And somebody has to break it.
0: Yep. And it's uh, I just another way to explain this for everyone, just to get this even more. The reason that Jennifer was able to experience what she just experienced is because the deeper we go into our healing, the deeper we go into ourselves, the deeper we go into our energetic and spiritual healing in many ways, right? The emotional, mental, and physical pathways to this. The more that we realize that time inside of us is not linear, Right, we more, the, everything that's existed. I don't want to get too cosmic <laughs> and and woo woo here. I know this is my show, but this I just because I want to I want to hear more questions from you, my friend. But the deeper we go into ourselves, the more that we realize that everything in our past and everything in our future, from a quantum perspective, is folding into the present. So everything that exists has ex- everything that will exist and everything that has existed exists in my heart inside of me and I can access it. That's what you access. That's what you saw. Right.
1: Yeah. I love it. I'm, I, I mean, I'm still, I just am in love with all of this whole process, which is so funny for somebody who is so um, resistant coming into it. Um, but for my next question, cause I'm, I can get very spiritual. Um, triggers. We were talking about triggers just a little bit ago. And so when you are being triggered by something and you don't know what you're being triggered by, but you just know that you it's something that's there, you need to work through it, agitation, whatever it is, what, what do you do whenever you feel triggered by something and you don't know what it is?
0: So I'll go back to something I shared before. The first thing is to see it for the treasure that it is, right? And uh, apparently this is an episode full of quotes, another one. I'll throw out for people. One of my favorites is the, the the cave that we fear to enter holds the treasures that we seek, right? It's from Joseph Campbell. And that is really the first step with any kind of trigger, right? We need to see it for the value. Because if we, like you said, if we have resistance, if we judge the trigger, if we blame the trigger, if we shame ourselves for being triggered, then that's just gonna add another layer on top that's gonna that's gonna stop us from seeing what is needed to be seen or feel what is needed to be felt. So that's the first step, right? It's loving acceptance, right? I'm a big fan of, I would encourage people to go back and listen to the episode I did around the seven A's of healing. And I quote Mr. Gabor Mate, and in it, he talks about, which I'll actually explain here with the triggers and how to handle this. He talks about the seven A's and the first three really apply to triggers specifically, right? So the first is acceptance, which we just said, right? Loving acceptance for what is, right? That doesn't mean, We're accepting the future, but what it says is that we are allowing ourselves to be with this moment so we can make a change, right? So that's the first step. Step two is, and the second A is awareness, right? And awareness is bringing conscious attention and mindfulness and somatic sort of uh, energy to where that trigger is in the body. Because most of us aren't just triggered, you know, in 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 a void, right? We're triggered somewhere in the body. Right? We feel a tension in our chest, we feel a closing in our throat. We feel a sinking in our stomach. We feel, you know, many we feel our, our palms sweating, right? There's often a a somatic link to the trigger that we're having. So when you can bring awareness to what that is, not only can you start to open healing for it, you can start to allow the the thoughts, the beliefs, the stories, and the repressed emotions behind that trigger to flow, right? And then the third step here, which is the third A is anger, right? And I don't specifically mean the emotion of anger. Yes, it may anger might come up in that trigger. But what I'm getting at here is anger is an example, as with most emotions, of a really misunderstood way of handling emotions, right? Most of us suppress anger or we take anger out as rage on other people. But we forget that anger has a balanced state Right. Anger allows us to express our truth and to channel the energy of the emotion that needs to be channeled. So, what this shows us is what you can learn to do in that moment once you bring awareness to the trigger is create the space for that emotion to flow. Right. So, if it's sadness, for example, it's crying, it's releasing. Right. If it's anger, it's expressing that anger. If it's guilt and shame, it's acknowledging that guilt and shame. If it's so, the point here is. Creating a space for the emotion, which is energy in motion to move up and out of you rather than suppressing and ignoring.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. I feel like I went through all of those.
0: <laughs> yeah, you, you are not alone, Jennifer. Right? Yeah. This is why this, those steps really apply to most people. It's because this is a muscle right, that we can build. Um, Jennifer, I think we have time for one more quick question here and then we'll wrap it up.
1: This is a question I have not asked you before.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: how does one know when they're starting the healing process?
0: (laughs) Ooh, that's a question and there's a lot bubbling up. So the (laughs) the first thing I would say is I actually don't think there is a point where we start. So what I mean by that is, And I'll answer this from a spiritual lens. What is, why are we here? Right? I know that's a very (laughs) esoteric question, but I will answer it by saying, as a spiritual being having a human experience, we are here to be in soul school. We are here to be on this stage of life, to experience the things that need to be experienced, to learn the lessons, to expand and ascend. So I actually believe as soon as we're born, as soon as we leave the womb, actually, I would would say as soon as the soul enters the body, which may be in the womb, we are already healing. And what I mean by that is, like I said before, there's a compound effect of the soul that comes into this incarnation, meaning that we don't come in as a blank slate. We come in with things to get done, right? We come in with karma to resolve. We come in with trauma to heal. We come in with ancestral chains to break right so from the moment that we start this incarnation we are already healing right there's already something going on that we're moving through i think the thing that is fluctuating is our awareness of it but right? is our awareness of the layers that we're moving through so to answer the question more succinctly here i think when that begins is when we decide to actively go within instead of pushing all of our energy outside. Right? Most of us we live in a world and this is one of from my, one of my mentors. He has taught me this and I cannot think it's could not be more true in my opinion. Once we stop externalizing the self, right? onto a person place or thing looking outwards and actually revert that and start looking inwards, that's when the awareness of the healing journey begins in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. But I knew that when I asked you that question, you were going to add on a whole new layer to it that I wouldn't have thought about, and you did.
0: <laughs> right, thank you for asking it, my friend. That's uh, <laughs> I haven't I haven't answered that before, so it tested me. Um, Jennifer, I love you very much. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for asking all of the beautiful questions. I know that you always do. And uh, my intention for this show was to not just help Jennifer more deeply, but all of you listening out there. So I hope you got value out of this. I'm definitely going to do more of these coaching community coaching episodes if if you got value out of this and you would like to come on the show to uh with one of these kinds of episodes what you can do is one please share this episode episode out with some friends and family members that you think it can help but two you can leave reviews on apple and spotify leave your comments and what i'll start doing is i'll start picking people from the reviews and uh bringing people on to do these kinds of shows with but with that beautiful beings I'm wishing you a wonderful evening, morning, and night, wherever you are in the world. Jennifer, again, thank you for spending time with me. And until next time here on the show, sending love, sending light, and we'll catch you very soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R.
1: trick out.